Hello, this is Christine Peterson with A Toolkit for a Better Life. In this podcast, we will focus on how our bodies and our minds work and give you various tips and tricks, tools and techniques for understanding yourself, being happier in yourself and living a better life. Every week, we will discuss different topics that might interest you and help you think differently to change the way you approach life and yourself. We talk about the little things that make a big difference. Hello. Today I'm talking with Mason de Chauchot, my friend and colleague who shares many of my interests in how our minds and bodies function and how small changes can make a big difference in how we live our lives. How are you today, Mason? Fine. Thanks. Uh, I'm looking forward to tackling a quite substantial topic. Yeah, me too. Absolutely. We're going to explore authenticity. And as we normally do, let's start by defining authenticity. Okay. We could say that authenticity is a concept of personality in several fields, in the field of psychology, existential psychotherapy, existentialist philosophy, and aesthetics. Mm -hmm. In existentialism, authenticity is the degree to which a person's actions are congruent with his or her values and desires. That's despite external pressures to social conformity. Yeah, okay. Uh, Then let's begin by sticking with existentialism. Um, Let's start with Martin Heidegger. Uh, He was a German philosopher and is best known for his contributions to phenomenology, hermeneutics, and existentialism. He's one of the most important and influential philosophers of the 20th century. Now, Heidegger said it was vital to live an authentic life. And an authentic life involves coming to terms with the fact that all of us will one day die. Now, with that knowledge accepted, we can get on with building meaning into our lives. And an authentic life involves becoming all that we can become. Yes. And he coined his concept of Dasein. In phenomenology, Heidegger's hermeneutic phenomenology comes to itself, which he calls authenticity, or loses itself, which he calls inauthenticity. Mm -hmm. Dasein is inauthentic, for example, when it lets the possibilities of the choice for one's own existence be given to it by others instead of deciding for itself, for oneself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. So in that sense, we become inauthentic when we take the opinions or the mantles of others on ourselves, or if, for example, we become trendy. Yeah. Instead of subjects and objects, you remember Heidegger wanted Mm. to talk about beings. Mm. The world, he argued, is full of beings. Uh, In beings, he also includes numbers, oceans, mountains, animals. But human beings are the only ones who care about what it means to be authentically themselves. Mm. Yeah, but what sort of human being did Heidegger become? I mean, many become dismayed when he identified with the Nazis. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and uh, okay, this is true. This, of course, could open up a nasty can of worms and Mm. prompt us to stray a little bit from the topic and ponder, but it's very legitimate to do that, ponder whether a philosopher's ideas should be viewed and even judged through the lens of his actions. 
But it is often said that Heidegger wandered into Nazism because he thought that the Nazis agreed with him philosophically. Mm -hmm. And then when he realized that they were not intellectuals, he pulled away. Mm. He did remain a member of the party until, until 1945, but remained peripheral on its margins. Okay. So coming back to the topic, let's take a look at uh, Jean-Paul Sartre, another mm. well-known existentialist. Mm. And he was one of the key figures in the philosophy of existentialism. He was a French playwright, novelist, screenwriter, political activist, biographer, uh, literary critic, uh, and leading figure uh, in 20th century philosophy and, and uh, also in Marxism. Yeah. Okay, I agree that we're not going to debate here whether Heidegger was a real and authentic Nazi, but in Sartre's eyes, he would have been he would have to be defined by his beliefs and actions. So Sartrean authenticity is perhaps among the most straightforward of the existentialist philosophers. Now, basically, it can be summed up in the cliche slogan, existence precedes essence, which means, of course, that man lives his life first before being defined. And in other words, our choices define who we are. Now, authenticity would refer to the adherence of a chosen lifestyle. Sartre proposes that we should take responsibility for all our life choices and move on decisively and not be affected by what others might think or imply about ourselves. Yes. In, in his monumental work, which was Being in Nothingness, Sartre asks us to imagine ourselves in a cafe watching a waiter go about his business. The man is serving, bustling about, uh, displaying all the affectations you might expect from a Parisian waiter. But something's not quite right, he says. His movements seem a little too forced, a little too precise, a little too rapid. He flirts and charms as a good waiter should, but a little too eagerly, a little too solicitous. Hmm. Many would feel that something is off about the waiter, but it might not be that easy to articulate. So what's going on, Sartre wrote. We need not watch long before we can explain it. He's playing at being a waiter in a cafe. Hmm. The man does not do his job as he would like or in a way that suits his nature, but in a way he thinks people want him to do it. Hmm. He's effectively reading a script or moving to a choreographed dance. And however perfectly he says his lines and makes his step, we recognize that they're not his own. Now, South says... The waiter, so to speak, the metaphor of the waiter is everywhere. Mm. Every job or role has its demands and obligations. Any profession is wholly one of ceremony. Mm. The businessman must wear a suit and greet his clients with a mm. firm handshake. The grocer must hawk their wares with a gusto of a caricature. The teacher must discipline the students and enforce the rules. Each has their lines to read. Each has expectations to meet. As Shakespeare's, uh, in his play, As You Like It, notes all the world's a stage and all the men and women are merely players. Yeah, absolutely. That certainly adds add subtlety to the concept of authenticity. So it's not merely actions which define us, but the conviction and the sense of realism with which we perform our actions. Yes. To have a truly authentic existence, Sartre dictates that we must live according to our own beliefs that we insert meaning into the acts that we do and not find meaning merely from what other people say. Mm, yeah. Well, this reminds me of Joseph Campbell, uh, the American writer, 
he was a professor of literature at Sarah Lawrence College, and he worked in comparative mythology and comparative religion. He wrote that life has no meaning. Each of us has meaning and we bring it to life. It's a waste to be asking the question when you are the answer. I love that. It's really beautiful. It speaks of conviction and truth, mm. the ability to reach deeply into ourselves, to discover and express whom we really are. I would say that this brings us uh, uh, really to uh, Anita Morjani. Yeah, she's an amazing woman. Um, would you tell our listeners who she is, please, Mason? Yeah. The best way to do that is to let her introduce herself in her own words. Mm-hmm. In uh, And she says, she writes, in 2006, after a four-year battle with cancer, I fell into a coma and was given hours to live. As my doctors gathered to revive me, I journeyed into a near-death experience, an NDE, where I was given the choice to return to my physical form or to continue in this new realm. I chose the former. And when I regained consciousness, my cancer began to heal. To the amazement of my doctors, I was free of countless tumors and cancer indicators within weeks. Since then, I've heeded the call to share this powerful story and divine lesson with the world. Love yourself fully. That's what we're here to do. Oh, that's beautiful. But that expresses what she conceives as authenticity, doesn't it? Yeah, I would say so. She encourages us to be true to ourselves. She wishes us to ask ourselves why we're doing what we do. Are we following our calling? What is our purpose? Um, Are we doing something simply for money or success? In other words, simply to fulfill our egos. In that case, if that is the case, it will remain shallow Mm. and fragile. Mm. She realized that when she wrote and spoke, and she was quite a shy person, she was often challenged. And that was destabilizing for her. But if she felt deeply about what she was doing and saying something which was genuine to her and that it corresponded to her truth, it would prevail. Mm. It would be resilient. Mm. And this is what she qualifies as authenticity. Mm. She speaks of being in touch with our higher selves, our spiritual nature. Now, um, this is reminiscent of someone you know very well, Christine, mm. someone, in fact, whom your mother has always admired. Oh, yeah. Soren She's Kierkegaard. A- She's an expert, actually, in Son Kierkegaard. <laughs> she doesn't want to admit it, and she is an expert, yes. So this really evokes your, your Danish roots. Yes, uh, talk it really to us does. about that. Yeah, yeah actually, so uh, indeed, Søren Kierkegaard in Danish, or Kierkegaard in English, mm-hmm. was a Danish theologian, philosopher, a poet, a social critic, and a relig- religious author who... Well, since we've spoken about existentialism, she, he is widely considered to be the first existentialist philosopher. In his work, Fear and Trembling, Kierkegaard outlines and defends a faith-based religious ethic. Uh, this is a belief which justifies transgressing the culturally based ethical norms of the community. Now, it's my understanding that this aspect of Kierkegaard's philosophy maintains that faith in God is a necessary aspect of authentic being. So in that sense, authenticity arises from a spiritual ground of being and may in that regard be akin to what Morjani is saying. Yeah, I think so. So, uh, Christine, what do you think would be our takeaway from this discussion? 
Well, um, first of all, I think that authenticity cannot be borrowed from others. It must arise from our own grounded self, sense of self. Yeah, and and in order to do that, uh, for in order for that to arise, we need to transcend our culture and our immediate surroundings. Yeah, absolutely, and that demands, of course, that we don't allow ourselves to surrender to the influence of others. So, Publius Cyrus said, "Would you have a great empire?" Well, rule over yourself. Yeah, that's a pretty pithy saying from <laughs> a Latin writer. Uh, when you think that he was a Syrian from Antioch, who was brought as a slave, he was a slave to Rome. Wow, that's amazing. Thank you. I think on that note, we can actually wrap up today's discussion. Thank you so much, Mason. Thank you. Always a pleasure, Christine. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with another episode. You've been listening to A Toolkit for a Better Life, produced by Christine Peterson. For more information and details on how to contact us, please see the podcast description.